Welcome to Norm for Phonies, episode 70. Wow, we we are are an even number. And we are outside tonight, so you will hear squirrels, dogs, airplanes, people having little parties and laughing, so there's going to be stuff in the background, but just try to tune it out. Uh, Sorry, I just joked. No, I'm fine. Um... So episode 70, the 10 wisest people that we identified or know. I don't think we know them. We don't know them, but we <laughs> identified 10 wise well, people. Well, each of us some alive, 10. Some no longer alive, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But my green light moment has been the um, Enneagrams. Yeah. Um, so we are reading two books about the Enneagram. This is our first exploration of the topic yeah and um it's really about the beauty of understanding yourself and it's really a journey kind of into humility humility and freedom so there's lots i'm sure of books out there i'm re- i read the f- the one by richard Rohr, and i'm also reading his book falling upward so and um, i'm reading the version by riso and hudson but, Some of the pioneers um, of I the really Enneagram. Would, um, it's really a life-changing, definitely a green light moment. Yeah. Um, so uh, we'll just encourage you to explore that. And my book recommendation is going back. Uh, it's The Invisible Kingdom, Re- Reimagining Chronic Illness by Megan O'Rourke. And I would suggest that if you're ever going any through anything where you're kind of being diagnosed with something or going through something where you're being treated or dealing with doctors and hospitals and those kinds of things that you should really read this book. It has a lot of insight into how doctors function and work and what they're kind of, um, I don't know how to say it, like what their... Not their philosophy. Well, no, it's kind of what their pitfalls are in dealing with people and how they often Basically, don't... Basically, it takes doctors off of the pedestals that some people yeah. like to put them up on. Yeah. And, and they, sometimes uh, they you know, and, like and just like we have brilliant teachers and brilliant writers and brilliant uh, people who work even in supermarkets who just are really good at that... We have really good doctors, and we have really, really, really bad ones. And this just gives you some strategies, I think, for yeah. working your way through it. And the podcast recommendation is yours. It is? Yeah, The Happiness Lab with Oh, Dr. yeah, The Happiness Lab with Dr. Lori Santos. So The Happiness Lab is the name of the podcast, and there are several episodes. I haven't listened to them all yet, but... Um, definitely gives you not just superficial advice on being happy but actually explore doing research on the brain and on emotional intelligence and on um, measuring happiness which is actually quite elusive and too temporary so it's deeper than that yeah i always say that i'm not a big fan of the word happiness i rather like the word profound joy or sober joy not thing like giggly or no 
not not a big fan. ecstatic not a big fan so anyway that is it up. that is our podcast book and uh, green light moment for this round of no room for phonies so the 10 wisest people what okay, is it's going it? to end up being 20 unless we overlap on anybody well that's fine 10 for you and 10 for me but okay. i'm just saying that um what is what made you like what what is wisdom to you that made you choose these people? Wisdom is having insight into humanity, into human stupidity and intelligence, um, having advice or insight into um, just improving our earth, our communities, and for our relationships. Me, um, I like the idea that wisdom is that ability to combine your knowledge and your skills and your passion for good. Nice. So to move things forward, that's what I see as wisdom. Yep. So okay. my first one, do you want me to go first? Yep. My first one is Gandhi. Oh, okay. Widely recognized as the one of the 20th century's greatest political and spiritual leaders. Mm -hmm. And his philosophy was resistance to tyranny through mass, nonviolent civil disobedience. Yep. And so... Gandhi, the movie Gandhi, was like the third one my dad ever took me to see when I was young. It yeah, was, I just And it was think, three hours long. It was very good. Yeah, I just think that that idea that you can you know, stand up for change and do mm. things without violence. I think it's so sobering though that he was assassinated. Yeah. It is. Yeah. But as in the book that I've just read by Richard Rohr, without the support of leadership and the protection of leadership, people who come forward with radical and brilliant ideas are often torn apart. Torn apart. Yeah. So Anyway, so my first one was Gandhi. What's your first one? Did my you first? have Gandhi? No. I had okay. thought about him. Okay. So, in no particular order, mm -hmm. uh, Winston Churchill. Didn't have him. No. Why did you pick him? Just um, because he led England through well, World War II and afterwards. But... Um, he just had a way of uh, tackling problems, and I think at time I don't know enough if he consulted the right people or consulted people. Um, in some of the movies we've seen, he's portrayed a little oddly, but um, I think sometimes wise people don't fit the norm and have a hard time, like just being. <laughs> yeah. Normal in society. And he's quoted a lot, just a lot, his writings and his essays and his thoughts. So I just look, was thinking through history and trying to pick somebody that I would like to learn a little bit more about. Okay. So my second one was Martin Luther King, the civil rights legend. Mm -hmm. Did you have him? Nope. In the 1950s, he led the movement to end segregation and counter-prejudice in the United States. And again, he's this person of peaceful protests. 
Um, his speeches were some of the most iconic of the 20th century, and they actually had a profound effect on national consciousness. And I don't think we've ever had a leader since then who's had that kind of profound effect on national consciousness. I mean, I think Obama had some good speeches and things, but nothing. Not, I think he not would where have the more... huge population was swayed. Although, I mean, there were a lot of people that didn't like Martin Luther. Yes. And anyway, I just thought that, you know, he he was this person that felt that change was just about persistence, right? Mm -hmm. The gentle rain that soaketh. You keep giving your message even though you might be being rejected, but you just keep going. Mm -hmm. So him, he was my second one. Okay. I don't have anybody else who's historical. Well, one person oh, kind okay. of. Okay, well, that's fine. I'll just that do your second one. Uh, so I chose Richard Rohr. Oh, did you? Yeah, because we're reading two or three of his books right now. And um, I just think for a modern thinker, he really stretches what and we should would, say that he's so he, a, he's he is a Catholic, Catholic priest, priest yeah. but you wouldn't know it from his thoughts and his writings. He is so open to uh, a wideness in God's mercy, to quote another book title. But also, and like what I just considers all humanity to have worth rather than just the religious ones. Well, and I also feel that he also. Um, kind of puts his finger on modern religion and their rules and their this and their that. He exposes a lot of that. And he exposes that. a lot of yeah. that. And, you know, he's, a, yeah, I think he's he's very intelligent. And absolutely. I haven't read yet much of his stuff about uh, men's growth and men's maturation and being a, a, a wise, becoming a wise and mature man in the modern, in, in the 21st century. But um, I think that I, w I really want to read some of his stuff about yeah. that, too. And I think the the thing I like about him is is when he writes his books, he talks about the, his own struggles and what his mm -hmm. issues have been and how he's tried to overcome things himself. So he's really humble. humble and But not like humble in that, oh, look at him. It, he's no, authentic. No, 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 no. He's very authentic. So my third one was Nelson Mandela. Mm. I had thought about putting him. He's considered the father of modern South Africa, and he was instrumental in tearing down the oppressive government. He received the Nobel Peace Prize in 1993 for destroying apartheid and laying the foundation for democracy there. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, just his some of his writings, even in jail, yeah. are, like, I guess part of what... Uh, makes me think that someone is wise as if when I read their writings and things that I'm inspired by it. Mm -hmm. And I was in, I'm always inspired by him. I think that he, he suffered greatly mm -hmm. for his cause, but he never gave up. I mean, I'm sure he had dark days. I'm not saying that, but yeah, well, I imagine. But anyway, so my third one was Nelson Mandela. Okay. The other thing I was, as I was thinking about, these names and choosing these people is 
they are just humans and they're fallible and they made mistakes uh-huh. or make if they're still alive and, well, and, I often... and they're imperfect. So it's not always that they're smart. They might even be stupid and make a stupid mistake, but the wisdom is the... Well, like right, that, wisdom does definition. not mean that you don't make mistakes. It's that you continue on despite your mistakes and you learn, continue learning, continue developing your skills and, yeah. can, and always have your passion for whatever it is that you believe in. Is it my turn next? It's your turn. Okay, so author Peter Senge... S E N G. What did he write? He wrote, uh, let me just quickly call it up here. He wrote, he wrote books. the fifth, yeah, lots of books, but his main one that he's very famous for is The Fifth Discipline, The Art and Practice of the Learning Organization. So he's written The Fifth Discipline about business, about education, right? Oh. Like that. Um, but he focuses on group problem solving using systems thinking method. So uh, he has five disciplines and he has 11 rules that when you're in a group, you follow these rules as you're working through um, group problem solving. And That's cool. Very, very interesting. He's still alive, still uh, okay. t- teaching, I think. He's uh, at MIT in the States. Wow. All right, my next one is Maya Angelou, considered to be one of the most consequential figures of the 20th century and a diverse career spanning five decades as a singer, a dancer, a journalist, a civil rights activist, and later as a memoirist, poet, and screenwriter. What is a memoirist? I have no idea. Memoirist. Oh, memoirist. Sorry, memoirist. I can read. No. Yeah. Anyway, I have loved Maya Angelou um, for a long time. She was obviously a feminist, but a different kind of feminist to me. Mm-hmm. She just always had concern. She just, this deep thinking. And her poetry is incredibly amazing. Yeah. She reminds me, this the new young woman that yeah. did at the, at, the inauguration. at the inauguration reminds me of mm-hmm. uh, present day. Maya Angelou. Yeah. So that was my next one. Who's right. your next one? My next one is a psychologist called Angela Duckworth. And she is research. She defined and has been researching the word grit. Oh, that's cool. The perseverance and passion for long-term goals. So uh, she has had several interesting shifts in careers from being a teacher to being a psychologist and other things. Um, but... She researches grit and publishes a lot of articles and stuff like that about that, writes about that. And um, she has a TED Talk as well that's very interesting, all about grit, Grit. introducing grit to kind of the audience, whatever. Wow, cool. That's a cool one. I've never heard of her. Grit is, you know, it's that perseverance like Martin Luther King. Yeah. um, Yeah. I mean, she's talking about it in a more generic sense than than in social activism, but definitely think that. Well, she's, I mean, she's for an us, sometimes writer. grit is just different things at different times in your life, right? Yeah. Like sometimes it's just standing up for yourself. Sometimes it's like there's a whole bunch of things. I think that it is. So my next one is Marie Curie. 
the first person to win two Nobel Peace Prizes. Isn't she the one who discovered radiation? Yeah. Yeah. Um, after becoming the first woman to be granted a Nobel Peace Prize, Curie later became the first person to earn a second one. In 1911, she received her second of the prestigious award in chemistry this time for her isolation of radium. Right. Radium and polonium and her huge contribution to fighting cancer. Like when you think of all the years that we've been working on that. I know. It's just kind of, but anyway, I just thought that she was a strong, and she had to have had like crazy things to overcome as a woman to win two Nobel Prizes. No, right? That's yep. crazy. Yeah. She must have, because I think men probably tried to take credit for what mm -hmm. she was doing. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't be surprised. So, all right. It'd be nice to find a novel about that. I'm sure there is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the next person I've chosen is Mark Brackett. Okay, why do I know his name? Because did we've he write just the read change? The, no, we've just read the book Permission to Feel. Oh, okay. Yeah, he is pretty... And like, he is the founding director of the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence and Professor in Child Studies Center at Yale. So he has come up with the R-U-L-E-R, -E the RULER right. um, acronym to sync and work through emotional intelligence uh, challenges. And I'm telling you, I think that if if um, educational, like boards of education or whatever, would adopt his methods of mm -hmm. integrating emotional intelligence into... I think it would be such a big jump of all the efforts at character education that mm -hmm. they've tried, that have fallen short. Because character education that is like, okay, for 40 minutes every week, we're going to sit down and yeah. have character education. This is integrated into everything. Yeah. Every, every minute. Like, I day. just remember one of the examples in the book was this little girl, and she said, we didn't want to include this other person in our game, I, yeah. but our our philosophy or our, our contract or yeah. whatever says that we have to. So we did, and then we found out how much we had in common with each other. So mm -hmm. his way of doing it is just pervasive to yeah, the whole... the whole school. Yeah. Yeah. My next one is Seth Godin. Did you, you didn't have Seth Godin? I have him. Oh, do you? So we agree on that? We agree on that one. So he writes one of the most popular blogs in the world and is founder of both Yo-Yo Dine and Squidoo. In 2013, he was one of just three professionals inducted into the Direct Marketing Hall of Fame. And in May 2018, he was inducted into the Marketing Hall of Fame as well. Yes, and so he does write a lot about marketing and business. However, oh, he, he, writes a lot. he writes a lot about life in general. And he is just wrapping up or launching a new project on climate change where uh, through people who listen to his podcast and read his blog, he has found, I don't know, 92 individuals starting out or even more volunteers. And maybe it's lots of volunteers in 92 countries that have published a calendar or a book on climate change and positive things that we can do as individuals and how we can push our governments to make a difference. And um, 
But he's very practical, he's right? Very he practical. talks about education. He talks about status. Status. He talks about all kinds he of just, things. He just thought, yeah. He just thinks about all sorts of um, random, very small level type thoughts, and, and if, then builds on. And them. if you listen to his podcast, they're very, very short. Yeah. And he gets right to the point, yeah. unlike and us. His, and <laughs> and his blog too. Yeah, his blog he's very too. Very short. All right. So we both agreed on Seth Godin. We did. My next one is Michelle Obama. Good choice. As the first lady, she was a role model for women and worked as an advocate for poverty awareness, education, nutrition, physical activity, and healthy eating. And she was supported American designers and was considered a fashion icon. And she is still highly influential, like her mm-hmm. book and everything. Yep. And I remember when I read her book and then I was with a friend of mine and she said, wow, it's easy for her. She was like, when you have lots of money, you can do. And I went, did you read the book? Because she was poor. Like mm-hmm. started she, out. she started out like super poor in like, like, Chicago. and her father was, had, um, MS, MS, like she had a rough, and the same with Obama himself. Like, mm-hmm. there was no, like, here, silver spoon in your mouth, like, he <laughs> shall not be named in Canada <laughs> as prime minister. Yeah. Like, there is no silver spoon. This guy, these people, and I mean, I I just found Michelle Obama very um, authentic. So. Absolutely. And she didn't want him to run for president, and she was quite clear about that. I felt. It, oh, that was in her biography? Yeah. Yeah. Well, another woman that I find wise is Carol Dweck, another researcher, a psychologist, and she coined the term... Um, oh, no. I... <laughs> what did she coin? What terms? She, it's an education term, right? Yes. Um, mindset. Mindset, yeah. Closed mindset and open mindset. Yeah. Yes. yes. She yeah, she's quite brilliant. Yeah. So lots of very interesting writing about mindset and not just in learning, but in life, like approaching, mm-hmm. allowing mistakes to happen and growing from your mistakes yeah. and things like that. So I really think that uh, she's contributed a lot to uh, emotional intelligence writing and yeah, it's education like people. Well. She's her writing is quite old, right? Like it's come from the. No. 80, 90s, 2000s. 2000s. But still, we're in 2000. But it didn't. It didn't gain traction like 2010 uh-uh. until 2010. Some of her stuff. Yeah. So my next one is Queen Victoria. Really? Yeah. She's I just, wise. She's or just famous? yeah. No. Did you know that Queen Victoria was a linguist? She spoke fluent English and German and studied other languages, including French, Italian, and Latin. Didn't know that. She learned Indian and Hindustani. Mm-hmm. And she had like a really, really strong marriage. They had, she had nine children. She ruled like after he died, Mm -hmm. she remained in mourning like the rest of her life. Right. She ruled for over 60 years. So not as long as Queen Elizabeth now, but. And so much, there are so many um, places named after her, and 
whatever. Like she was a very influential woman Mm -hmm. and all the movies and everything depict her as quite like she's whatever, but she must have had. Yeah. She must've been very wise. But I mean, she she studied, she raised all these kids. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to think always as wisdom as just like, Oh, I've published all these books and I'm telling you all these wise things. I just lived a life of passion and knowledge and skill and I raised my kids and I did good things and I mm-hmm. because a lot of women don't get some of the opportunities oh, and that I men guess get. We have an account of her because she's famous and a lot of yeah. a lot of women's stories never have been told no. even though they have been amazing. And I searched of course for women because yeah. a lot for women because yeah, absolutely. I think they're lost sometimes in history. And I just I every movie on Queen Victoria about Queen Victoria, I have just found so fascinating. Yeah. Her way of dealing with things. The one where there was the the man from India that yeah. was teaching her and stuff. That mm-hmm. was where mm-hmm. she was portrayed the most as like sleepy and bored mm-hmm. and whatever, right? Yeah, but she was Until old then. She was old. Uh, yeah. But anyway, I, I thought that she's... Well, I was trying to find five and five. Well, I just, for me, I I just felt... I only found four women that I... But I just found, find the idea that Queen Victoria, like, her reign was just fascinating, and the fact that she just juggled all these things, like a marriage of nine children. And I know she had help, I'm not saying that, but she loved her children. Mm -hmm. Like, that was fairly... And she loved her husband. Like, they Mm -hmm. were like, you know... Plus, she did run a rule, a, a, a nation. Yep. So, anyway, I just thought she was an example okay. of wisdom. So, um, to continue along women, you might laugh. I don't know. I put Brene Brown because of yeah. her teachings and just because I've been learning so much from reading her stuff in the last two years. And, I mean, I and, guess I would put... Like, and it started with her TED Talk on shame. Uh-huh. And then, I mean, I know that she's now famous and American celebrity and all that, whatever, which we don't get no, swept away has... by. But I still think that she has contributed a lot to, and I don't know why. For me, as I was thinking about wisdom, I was thinking a lot about emotional intelligence. I guess that's just the space I'm in right now. Yeah. So um, I thought. And I, yeah. And then it's by still my turn, I think. No. No? Okay. Why? Do you have two left or three? I have one, two, two, because we yeah. shared Seth Godin. Right. Okay. I have, my next one is Russian author Leo Tolstoy, mm-hmm. a master of realistic fiction and one of the world's greatest novelists, Anna Karenina, 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 how do you say that? What? Karenina. And Warren, I mean, he wrote Warren Warren Peace. Peace. Have you read that ever? Yes. Yeah. Oscillating I, I between skepticism and dogmatism, he explored the most diverse approaches to the human experience. Um, if, uh, the most essential lesson to take from Tolstoy is to follow his lead and recognize that the best way to challenge our assumptions and prejudice and develop new ways of looking at the world is to surround ourselves with people whose views and lifestyles are different from our own. That was his major thing. Mm -hmm. And his lessons are to keep an open mind, practice empathy, make a difference, master the art of simple living, 
beware your contradictions and expand your social circle. And his contradiction was that he was very wealthy. Mm -hmm. And so he tried to like understand what it was like to, you know, he would do things to, to um, understand what poverty was like. Yes. And to be so that he, people were aware that he understood his own contradiction of saying to live a simple life when he had all this money and whatever. So he, understood his own contradiction which is an interesting thing mm-hmm. but anyway he was my number nine okay my number nine is noam chomsky mm. he is a linguist uh by trade but well and does education he's also involved in political movements and uh, philosophy but as a linguist he came up with uh, some theories around learning which changed the whole way that language has been taught it used to be thought that you were kind of taught like a parrot you would give you know children would hear words and then they would repeat the words and then they would hear new words and then repeat those words but Chomsky explored the fact that a child born today when he or she learns to speak whichever language they learn to speak in their first language by the time they're three or four years old will be uttering sentences that nobody has ever said before in the world that's a, that's interesting. So he talked about universal grammar that we're all born with this innate mm-hmm. grammar that doesn't matter what language you speak. And then when you learn a language, you learn how to superimpose the grammar rules over top of this universal. Like you were grammar. laughing at Mason today, right? Because we think it's so cute. Oh that yeah, because at the end he, he seems to make it into every podcast. <laughs> lately lately but it's like because when, when we I went to see him soccer, soccer and then i said i really liked um watching you play soccer it was really fun no i really liked watching you play soccer today and he said did you and then what did you say so i said um and oh, your, your coach your coach is a really good coach is uh and he said do, do, do you think so and then but then he said you, you said it, your coach was really proud of you and you, oh, he, he said, said was, was he, he? And so he like, used it i mean we have to teach these tag questions in esl classes yeah. and he just knows them perfectly so and funny. he's three years old yeah he's three <laughs> he changes cute. the grammar and the verb agreement yeah, and everything perfectly he knows so the grammar funny. Anyway, so my number 10 is Rosa Parks, the mother of the civil rights movement. Um, She refused to give up her seat on the bus to a white man in Montgomery, Alabama. She was arrested and then she launched the Montgomery bus boycott by 17,000 black citizens. So, you know, wisdom enough to know when to push. Yep. And say, okay, enough is enough. Yeah. I think there's some wisdom in that. And she didn't know. Especially when you're under, like, complete, like, terrifying pressure. Yeah. And you stand up for yourself. It's pretty hard. I can't imagine. Like. She was done. Yeah. I mean, I've stood up for myself at times, and it's hard enough. Mm -hmm. Just when you're, like, whatever, when your life is not threatened, kind of, sort of. But. To stand up for yourself when you don't know whether this guy's going to go after you or what's going to yeah. be the thing. Like, I can't imagine. But the wisdom to know, no, this is the this is my moment. This is when I have, this, I have to do this. So you just straighten the camera now? It doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, who's your last one? So my last one is Elizabeth Zimmerman. I don't know who she is. 
Do you know who she is? Of course I know who she is. So she is the modern pioneer of the knitting world. Oh, of course she is. So she wrote in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. uh, She had a little newsletter and then eventually wrote books on knitting and the common sense around it. And she just made, she took it from being a domestic um, thing for just the lowly people to do into it being like a worthwhile textile art and craft to follow. So she had her foibles and some of her criticisms were, some of her ideas were a little bit misplaced, I think, but anyway, she's very important and because of her I learned how to design so I managed to get my hands on one of her books when I was a teenager cool yeah all right so we agreed on one I mean not agreed but we (laughs) We overlapped on one well there was a couple I had thought of saying and and I I don't know I I kind of wanted to go go well I know some people I think that are currently like in my life that show wisdom and I think I've eliminated well, in our past who've passed on that showed some wisdom and I also think that there's a lot of things like in now that I'm in my late 50s I've kind of eliminated some people in my out of my life who can't seem to show any wisdom yeah so right or or and a lot of it is like the inability to show emotional intelligence or take responsibility for your behavior or you know, just be, mm-hmm. or be interesting in some way. <laughs> so they're gone, out of my life. So anyway, there are lots of other w- wise people that are around us, but those are the ones we chose to talk about today. And hopefully you find it interesting. And, our and next- if you do comment on our Facebook posts or Instagram or Twitter um you still post on Twitter, yes? I put everything everywhere. Yep. Um, including Pinterest, if you can uh, yeah. believe it. Wow. So, anyway, wherever you <laughs> watch or listen, please um, put some comments about some wise people you consider, some people you consider wise. Yes. And um, our next uh, podcast will be August 30th, and that's going to be the Revisiting School Success one. And I'm just going to pull the fine points from our series on education that we did last year at some point. I think yep, it, was it was last year at this time. Yeah, well, uh, it was June and July and yeah, part of August. Yeah, it, we did like did several, ten, ten, ten episodes on education. So it must have been like May, June, July, August. Or June, no, July, June, July, August. That's only six. And September. And October. <laughs> no. But anyway. May, June, Whatever. July, whatever. Anyway, I'm going to go back through those episodes and just pull out some things. I guess episode here's my was here's first my one. first sure bit of school success wisdom for people in Ontario and particularly people in Niagara. You can know the name of your child's teacher before the first day of school. And in fact, it's a great thing to take your child to school and have a little visit and get their head around where they're going to be, what they're going to be after a long summer. Teachers are, the schools are open. So the, the Monday before Labor Day weekend in Ontario, all schools are open and there will be a principal, there should be and a, a secretary and a secretary in the, uh, in the building. And a and lot of teachers, um, we one would hope, would mm-hmm. be in getting things sorry, ready. Um, sorry, I don't know, but 
there are teachers who do that, but anyway. Sorry to any teachers who listening who listen who are in schools those yes. weeks. Or they go in ahead of time so they can have that week still right. off. Like yeah. there's, I think there might be some PA days that week, but I'm not even sure. But anyway, you can know who your child's teacher is before the first day of school. And you can go in and peek into that classroom so that your kid, especially particularly if they're a little bit worried about school or have been talking about, Mom, what is it going to be like, blah, 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 then please don't let yourself be told no. The other thing is, if you've been given a list from Staples or any other store saying that this is what you should be buying your children for school, it is completely a marketing gimmick. In Ontario, you do not have to provide any school supplies for your children. A lunch, a lunch bag, and a backpack. And are an extra high, pair of an shoes. And extra pair of shoes are really... And an extra change of clothes for kindergarten. And for, yeah. <laughs> and for me, if I had kids that didn't have backpacks because they couldn't afford them, I had a source that provided backpacks. And I also had um, the local Walmart that would provide shoes. Yep. for kids who didn't have them. So there's ways around that, and no one should feel under pressure in Ontario to be buying a certain kind, certain kinds of things in order for their yeah, kid to just go the grade 10 calculator in high school. So those are our little tips for the nearing the end of summer, and uh, we'll be back on August 30th for um, episode revisiting 71. Uh, episode 71 revisiting school success this has been episode 70 wisdom wise people